everybody. Hey, hey, that was good, huh? <laughs> so my name is Jacqueline Snape. I'm the executive pastor here at New Life. If you're watching online, welcome. Thanks for joining in with us. And those of you that may be new, if you're here for the first or second time, please introduce yourself before you leave out. Um, I have a little housekeeping for us um, before we go into our sermon. We are launching our shifted website. That is good news. Um, and so most of you know that we have a campus on Long Island right now in Hempstead. And so we wanted to incorporate that into our, our website. And so that, that adjustment means we just have a couple little changes. From now, um, if you search for our church and you want this location, you're going to want to search www.elmhurst.newlife.nyc. And then New Life East would be www.east.newlife.nyc. NYC. When you go to the landing page, you'll be able to select which campus you want information about. So we're hoping that this is going to uh, make it easier for new people to find us um, and draw some more folks into our church. So we'll keep talking to you about that and um, just pay attention to that as we go along. So today we're going to begin a new series, um, and the name of this series is Encounters with the Risen Jesus. I just love that name. You know, it's like, how can that go wrong? Encounters with the living, risen Jesus, right? And so um, today we're going to go down the Emmaus Road. And so if you have your phone, you're going to want to jot some things down. And perhaps if you have a pad, there are a couple of questions that I'm going to ask you later. Um, and I want you to be able to just uh, memorialize a couple of things here. Um, as we go forward. And so our scripture is from the Gospel of Luke. We're going to be in Luke 24, verses 13 through 31, which is the journey. But before we get there, I just want to kind of refresh us and get us to that point, get us to the point where we are in the story. So at, um, before we get to the road, um, Jesus, obviously Good Friday has happened. Jesus has been crucified. His body was laid in the tomb. Um, and then that Sabbath, all is quiet, and the following Sunday, the women come to anoint his body, and they find the body is gone, right? But there are two angels guarding the temple, and basically what they say to them is, hey, don't be alarmed, remember? He's doing what he told you he would. He's risen, because for some reason, they have forgotten. That's why they're alarmed. And so the women go back to the upper room crowd that's still gathered and buzzing of, as to all that's going on, and they share with them what has happened. Um, and the crowd does not believe them because, again, they have forgotten. Somehow everybody's forgotten this journey that Jesus has previously explained to them. And so um, at that point, Peter goes over to the temple, he, to the, the tomb. He wants to see what's going on. Um, not so much that I think that Peter thought Jesus has re had resurrected. He didn't remember either. He was concerned that the body had been stolen. That was the buzz. Someone stole Jesus' body. Something's going on. We want to find out what's going on. And so at that point, that's kind of where we have our travelers in the story on the Emmaus Road. These men, these two men that we encounter on the road, they somehow are connected with the upper room crowd as well. Some suggest they were in the room as well. We don't know that. But obviously, they are intimately acquainted with all the details. So they know exactly what's going on. And so that's where we get to when we get to verse uh, 13 in Luke 24. And so here's the reading of the scripture. Now, that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. 
they were talking with each other about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside with them. But, and this is important, they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? Now, just aside, you know, when Jesus starts asking questions, you want to be a little nervous, right? So they stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleophas, he then turns to Jesus, and this is the Jackie version. You know how Pastor Rich has his version? This is the Pastor Jackie version. He has an attitude. And he says, are you the only one? You're the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened? Like, what, where have you been, right? That's his attitude. And Jesus says, what things? He said, about Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, in verse 21, that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And then we drop down to verse 30 and 31. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened. They recognized him as he disappeared from their sight. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence with us. We have sensed and felt your presence, and we pray, God, that you continue to just give us eyes to see, ears to hear, that we would um, take in what you would have for us, God, and let it transform us and draw us closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And you know, Wale shared a little bit of, uh, Kelly, I should say, shared a little bit of information um, uh, earlier about his confession. So I have to confess that I now forget things. You know, no, I, it's not an excuse, like I don't have dementia or Alzheimer's, I just forget stuff. So um, there was a time I could just, I didn't have to write anything down. I just remembered things. Well, you know what? It's not that easy anymore. I have to write things down, I have to keep a calendar, then I have to remember all the things that, you know, are scheduled to happen. I even will forget where my phone is when it's in my back pocket. And it's worse. I'll even forget my phone when it's in my hand. Don't judge me. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. It can be really rough. So I have compassion with the people in the story. Remember, I told you, they are alarmed all the time in the story. First, the, the women are alarmed. The disciples in the upper room, they're alarmed. Jesus, did he not tell everyone what was going to happen? Didn't he tell them that? But there's this sense of shock, there's this sense of alarm, even though he spoke to them time and time again about what his journey was, somehow they have seemed to forget. Now it could be either that, or one thing that I wonder about is it's not necessarily that they forgot, but I wonder if it's just they've been disappointed and let down so many times. You know what it's like when you, you, you believe in people, you think someone says, hey, I'm gonna do this for you, I'm gonna help you with this, and then it just doesn't seem to work out time and time again. We certainly would know what it's like to be led by people that let us down, right? It doesn't matter whether they're Democrats in the, in the White House, Republicans in the White House, or any mix of anything in between. Somehow, all of the promises that are made to us end up being forgotten. 
and we find ourselves the same place we were the year before. And that's what the people in Jerusalem suffered, right? They were waiting for this, this Roman government to get its act together and actually do the job of governing people. Imagine that, actually serve your people and govern them. Shocking, I know, but that's what they were waiting for. So when Jesus comes on the scene, he makes promises, right? He tells them about the kingdom of God. He tells them about the hope. He tells them about the future. He tells them about what he's going to do for them, and they dare to believe him. Their hope starts to rise. They believe him, and then Good Friday, it just seems to vanish. And so they're disappointed. They're disappointed, and they're scared because they really wanted to believe, and now they don't know what to think. And so even though he explained this road, these folks are just like us. You know, you're traveling on the road just like I'm traveling on it, and then these kinds of interruptions happen, and it's just hard to keep your faith. It's hard to continue to believe. And we forget that the destination is not what this is all about. The real thing that this is about is how we are on the road. The road of life is long and it's complex. And how we manage our lives on this road, that's actually the work that each and every one of us need to engage for the rest of our lives how we're going to walk this road. And so today, I have a little companion with me. I have a painting um, that depicts the, um, the men on the road to Emmaus. Um, and we're going to talk through some different issues. I believe there are a couple of learnings from this painting that this painting is going to help us to uncover. Um, as you see, you see there are three travelers here. There are two men dressed in dark clothing. Um, there is another form next to them who is actually Jesus. What you can see is the outline of the form, but you don't see the substance, right? You don't see the, the, what makes this man a man. You can just see right through him. He's transparent. And so this could mean um, different things, but I think that what this, in this case, what it means is that Jesus is visible to them, but he's invisible at the same time. Because remember, the scripture said that they were not able to see who he was, right? There's a partial view. They know they're walking with someone, but they don't know who they're walking with. And the ground is kind of a sandy texture, just like regular dirt, which symbolizes the earthliness of this road. So we're not traveling on the heavenly roads here, right? We're walking in earth. All of us have our feet firmly planted on the earth which means we are experiencing trials and tribulations that come from living on earth. Every day is not holy and hallelujah, right? There are difficult days, and some days, now some of you do that, but some days I don't say hallelujah every day. I'm sorry, but I don't. Some days I'm stressed, and some days I am struggling, and some days I am looking to have faith because there are bad days, and there are good days. And so that's what this earth uh, symbolizes. And then in the far distance in the picture, you can see light, right? There is this, this expansiveness of light, which I believe signifies um, the glory and Jesus waiting at the end of the road. And so one thing I just want to ask you, um, as you see these two men hunched over, um, 
I know that they are disappointed and disillusioned, and I believe they probably are depressed. Why? Because in verse 21, it said that they had hoped that Jesus was the one, right? They had hoped that he was the one. So they're experiencing this disappointment. You know what that's like, right? Just to just be in a place where you wonder, when is this thing going to end? And when is God actually going to deliver me from the stress that I'm undergoing? And so the, the next thing that you want to notice is that um, as they start to walk along and, you know, the guys are, are chattering, remember, and Jesus, um, he kind of asks what's going on. And remember I said to remember how Cleophas kind of responded to Jesus. The thing is this, when Jesus said what's going on, I think there's one thing we can settle right now. Jesus is not looking for you or I to give him an answer to anything. Can we just say, like, he doesn't, he is not puzzled. He doesn't ask them because he's puzzled or he doesn't know because he's still God himself, so obviously he knows. So what does he do? He's asking them because he's trying to cause them to think. He's trying to cause them to look at their journey and to ask themselves some question, questions about their journey. And so I think the first thing that this road has to let us know is that it matters who we are walking with. It matters on this road that we're all on who we are walking with. And sometimes we need to make adjustments, right? Some of us are walking with Fox News, some of us are walking with CNN, some of us are walking with MSNBC, some of us are walking with Reddit, some of us are walking with our imaginary friends that we don't know anything about, and they're transforming our lives, aren't they? They're giving us their opinions, their viewpoints, telling us what to think, and in some cases, we're absorbing it. We don't even know who these people are. We don't know their relationship to the gospel. We don't know, are they walking in truth or faith? But they are our companions. And then some of us obviously have very real people that we know and we are in relationship with. But there should have been a detour somewhere on this road. And either one of us needed to get off of the road that we're traveling together, right? So it matters who you're walking with. So I want you to ask yourself a very real question who are you traveling with that you need to stop traveling with? You can write it down, make it real for yourself. Who are you traveling with? Take a couple of seconds to think about it, and if you can't think of anything, be bold enough to ask God himself to reveal it to you. Who are you traveling with that you need to think about Dismissing. I'm going to give you about 20 seconds, 30 seconds just to think about that. Everybody should have something, at least something for you to reflect on later. Now, the thing is, that these guys, they continue to journey, right? The three of them are still walking along. Um, and, but this time, 
Jesus begins to talk. This is his turn in the story, and he begins to talk. And so he tells these men about the messianic journey. He tells them about the journey of the promised Messiah, and he brings them up to speed. Because what they shared, what Cleophas talked about earlier when he said that this Jesus was a prophet and he was great in deeds and miracles, that's true. But there's one thing that they omitted. Jesus himself was the Messiah. It's like a, you know, burying the lead, right? The most important thing was not that Jesus is a prophet. And the most important thing was not that he did miracles. The most important thing is he was the Messiah. And he had come to deliver his people through all eternity. And that's the one that they seem like they kind of didn't, they didn't grasp. They didn't get a, a handle on, right? And so then, after he says that, and it starts to get late in the story, the men ask him, they say, hey, would you, re would you remain with us? Because now they're intrigued, I think. It's like, wow. This is sounding really good. Jesus is telling us about Jesus. How interesting. So they're starting to kind of want to hang with this guy. And they said, would you remain with us? And this is a key, the word remain. So Jesus does. He remains. And have you ever seen those movies where you're constantly like almost transplanted into another time or zone, like a back to the future or something like that? This becomes that moment, because at that moment when Jesus says, I will remain with you, they go back to John 15. When Jesus and the disciples are in the upper room, and remember the discourse, Jesus begins to share with them about the journey. He reminds them of how difficult it's going to be. He says, if you remain in me, I'll remain in you. Then he begins to pray for them, right? You know that portion where he prays for the disciples? Some people think of that as the Jesus prayer. They're instantly back in that moment, and then he seals it. He takes the bread, he blesses it, he breaks it, and immediately they see him. Their eyes are open. Just think about the beauty of that. He transports them back to that sacramental moment where they see him as he truly, truly is. They see the Messiah. And it all starts to make sense. And later it says their hearts burned within them, right? Because they finally really begin once again to see Jesus. Only our Lord Jesus Christ can open our eyes this way. But it takes a little something on our part to be in that posture where we can hear and we could see it, where we could receive that sacrament. Because the second thing this road has to tell us is it matters how we walk on the road. It's not just who we're with on the road. It's how we walk on the road. And this is what I mean by that. Cleophas and his friend are so busy talking, explaining. They know everything about Jesus. They know everything, but they, it wasn't really very good, was it? You know, they didn't, they, they really didn't know as much as they thought they did. So on your walk, on your road, as you're traveling, do you spend most of your time explaining things to Jesus? Do you spend most of your time telling him what he's doing and what he needs to do? Or do you walk with him as a messianic partner, 
Are you walking to hear his voice? Are you walking to get his guidance? Are you walking to hear what he wants to say to you right here and right now? Sometimes that means I have to put aside my thoughts, what I think I know, how I read scripture, because right now I'm in the presence of the one who this is, wrote this, right? I don't need to talk. What I need to do is I need to absorb what the living God would have to say to me. And so the second thing I want you to take a look at is this. How is your posture as you walk? Are you open? Are you closed? Are you willing to hear what he has to say? Just ask yourself that. And in honesty, write down your response. In honesty. Now let me just give you all, for some of us, I know it can be challenging to, to open up and just reveal what we may think of as missteps or failures or places where we're deficit. Um, that just means you're human, so it's fine. We all have our deficits. Um, but the thing, another thing, a couple of things this painting also has to show is two things. I want you to see that in the middle, the disciple in the middle, he has his right hand on Jesus' back. His right hand is on Jesus' back. And so I take that, there's a couple of ways that, I'm, that I would look at that. One is, even though they simply don't seem to have everything together in this story, these men simply are making one mistake after the next mistake after the next blunder, the disciple still reaches his hand out. There's still something in him that believes and he places his hand on Jesus' back. And you know what? Jesus doesn't back away from him, does he? He allows himself to be in intimate contact with this man. And so the good news for us is it doesn't matter if you get it wrong. It doesn't matter if you're struggling and you fumble and you forget things and you don't always describe it exactly the way you need to. You still have Jesus right there. You can reach him, you can touch his back, and he's still your companion in the journey. And not only is he right here next to you in the journey, in the distance, that light is what he's waiting, he's waiting there as the light of the world so that when you get to the end of your journey, whatever your journey looks like, whatever my journey looks like, none of us will know that until we get there. But what we do know, he's waiting for us. He's waiting for us. And so there's no shame. You don't have to worry about getting everything right and being perfect at all times. Because Jesus is waiting for you no matter what. He's gonna walk with you on this journey, close enough for you to touch him, 
And he's going to be waiting for you at the end of your journey. I mean, does it get better? Does it get better than that? And so I want you to, I want you to take a courageous step. And for some of you, it may be a little bit scary, but this is going to be like a little popcorn pop, uh, round. I want you to think about one of two things. Do you need to make a change in who you're walking with, or do you need to make a change in how you are walking? Do you need to make a change in who you are walking with, or how you are walking? I want you to decide that, and then you're going to tell someone next to you. Now, you don't have to tell them the whole intricate detail of, well, I met this person in 1986. You know, we, no, no, no. It's okay. Just one of those two statements. I need to change who I'm walking with. Or I need to change how I'm walking. All right? You've got it? All right. Pop count round. This is going to be like six seconds. Go. And if you're watching us on live stream, you can write it in the chat, drop down your comment in the chat, or you can talk about it later in the sermon discussion as well. We'll talk about that. Okay, okay, okay. That's a long six seconds. <laughs> So everyone should have everyone should have at least located some shift, right? Everyone knows we all are in the same boat. There's something that we need to change. All right. So I want to close. Our worship team come up. I'm going to pray for us. But first, I want to share um, share this um, this short quote by um, Khalil Gibran um, and. Uh, um, He's a mystic, and, and he said these words. You know, Pastor Rich reminded me of Pastor Rich on uh, Good Friday, helping us to remember, you know, Jesus was not this frail, kind of like struggling, you know, Messiah, right? That's not, that's not the vision we have of him. And so Gibran says this. He says, Jesus was not a bird with broken wings. He was a raging tempest who broke all crooked wings. He feared not his persecutors, nor his enemies. He came to make the human heart a temple, and the soul an altar, and the mind a priest. He wasn't a bird with broken wings, okay? That's not the Messiah. And so as you think of even just this confession you've made here, Jesus Christ has all power, and he rose with all power. And he can handle your limits. He can handle your deficits. He can handle your mistakes. He can handle my mistakes. He can handle our mistakes. He has risen with all power in his hands. There is nothing that you can say or do that is going to break that connection. Remember the vision of the disciple with his hand touching Jesus? You're not losing that connection. So you have the freedom to acknowledge throughout the journey of life, you're going to need to acknowledge who do I need to eliminate on this road with me and how can I continue to adapt 
how I'm walking on this road. These are gonna be continuous questions we all need to ask ourselves because the road has twists and turns, friends. The road is not always friendly to us. We know that, right? The road is very difficult. This is planet Earth. We're living here, right here and right now. We're not living in heaven. And it's rough, and you all know that. So we have to constantly adapt, and we have to believe that Jesus is with us as we adapt, not head knowledge. We have to know it. He's not a government entity. He's not a president. He's not a prime minister. He never, ever, ever goes back on his promises to his people. So, Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. We thank you, God, that there is nothing that we can do to separate ourselves from your love. We thank you, God, that you are the ultimate safe space. We can say anything. We can share our hurts, our disappointments, even in you. And we know that we'll be loved. We know that we'll be comforted. We know that fellowship will not be broken. God, we pray that you just continue to give us courage to see what needs to change and how we can change it. We bless you, we thank you in Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and worship together.
I'm going to ask the prayer teams to come to my right, your left. Um, some of us here, they just need to have someone pray for you. You need to have somebody pray for you as you think about the people or the things that you need to leave at this point of the journey. Or as you try to figure out how are you going to make space in your life so that the way that you're walking on this road is going to be conducive to a relationship with Jesus. Come and have prayer. There, there's a prayer team here and they'll be glad to, to pray with you. And those of you that are watching online, um, you got a chance to, um, if you didn't get a chance to drop some comments in the chat, we have a sermon discussion and you can come up, go online and you can talk about the things that um, you're thinking about and what's stirring in your heart. So we want to, uh, there's, a, there's a link in the chat there for you to um, click and you can go into the sermon discussion in a few minutes and talk there with other like-minded folks. Look, um, you know, I love this piece of scripture because um, it's very real to me. This road that we're on, um, you know, sometimes we want to give good news, right? And I would love to say this road is going to get easier. And, you know, at some point things are just going to be bright and rosy and sunny. And, ooh. but the thing is, you all know that's not true because many are already in crisis, right? Um, many are just trying to keep your head, you're trying to keep your head above the water with all that's coming at you. You know life is difficult. So let's just be honest about it. It's a hard road. But we have each other and we have Jesus on the road. And so when we talk about community and small groups, it's not because it's just a nice thing to say. It's because we cannot do this alone. We need companions for the journey. And if you, ha you sometimes you gotta, you know, you gotta get rid of something before you can take something in. And so sometimes some of the people we have, we need to part company with, or again, you know, our chat rooms. We don't have to have a chat room in every social media space. We could cut out some of them because we need to make room for the relationships that God has for us as we walk our particular road and the journey he has for us. And to have a posture before Christ that enables him to minister to us, we just need space. We need time. We need to grow in silence. We need to grow in the word. And so when you hear about classes that are being offered, Bible 101 and the different things that are presented to you, this is not, again, just stuff to do. It's to help you anchor yourself in scripture so that you can have a posture and be ready to receive as you journey with Christ. So I just want to invite you to, to join in, get involved. Group Meet is this Tuesday. You can ask questions in the lobby if you still want to know what that's going to be like. The Community Life team is down there. They'll be glad to help you with those questions. If you're looking for an equipping class, ask some questions. Ask. The team is down there to support you. Um, and we all need to support each other in this journey. Amen. So put your hands out. I'm going to pray a blessing over us as we prepare to depart. Father, um, I just thank you for, I thank you for your word. And I pray, Lord God, as uh, each and every one of us depart, I pray, Lord, that you would help my brothers and sisters to see your countenance, see your face as it smiles upon them. Help them to know your commitment, your unending, everlasting, eternal commitment to them. 
that you will never leave them, that as long as they abide in you, you will abide in them, that you will continue to remain, that you will be a partner not only on the journey, but an intimate, close partner, and that wherever their road leads, you have promised to be there to receive them. So we bless you, we thank you, and I bless each and every one here in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week.